0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Michael Levitt about dealing with burnout as a leader. Michael Levitt, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Great to be with you today. Yeah, I'm super excited for our conversation, a super timely and important topic. We're going to be focusing on burnout, uh, how leaders can deal with burnout personally, but also within their team, how organizations as a whole can create a a supportive environment uh, to help employees as they're dealing with burnout-related issues and ultimately, you know, coming out of this pandemic, how we can proactively approach our people in a healthy way to help them adapt back to life, either back to normal, quote unquote, or at least, you know, whatever the new normal is for our organization, whether that's an in-person, a virtual, a hybrid type of an arrangement, it's going to be a challenging time, I think, for, for everybody, leaders included. Absolutely. As we get started, I just wanted to share Mike's bio with everybody. Michael Levitt is the founder and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, a San Diego and Toronto-based burnout media firm. He is an in-person and certified virtual speaker, a certified NLP and CBT therapist, a Fortune 500 consultant, and author of the new book, Burnout Proof. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. It's a real pleasure. Before we launch into the conversation, anything else that you would like to share with listeners by way of background or personal context? Um, I've lived in
1: three of the six original NHL cities. Um, Other than that, uh, I've had many careers in my life, and I I find that experiences from each of those careers has uh, really proved helpful in the work that I do today in the burnout prevention and recovery
0: space. Well, that's wonderful. And maybe we can start there uh, because I'm always intrigued to hear about people's journeys and how they get to where they're at, especially when they've shifted and moved around. Uh, I'm also, you know, I didn't take a particularly linear linear path. I kind of zigzagged to land where I'm at. And I agree with you. Like, I think there's so much we learn from our background, our experiences, even if it doesn't seem like it's directly related to what we're currently doing. So how did you Get to where you're at today. Um, what what really got you uh, interested in focusing on burnout and and working with organizations? Well, the burnout uh, experience that I had personally
1: was kind of a. Oh, strange way for me to start doing work in this space. Uh, Back in 2007, I was hired as a healthcare executive just outside of Windsor, Ontario, Canada. I'm a dual citizen. I immigrated to Canada in in 2004, originally from Michigan. Uh, But this job, uh, this healthcare executive role uh, was a startup and I had startup experience before because I worked for startup organizations in IT and finance and all kinds of different things. So I've had a pretty uh, packed career as far as different experiences are concerned. But with this healthcare job, I had no healthcare experience before starting. I had a lot of startup, but no healthcare. So I had to do a lot of learning about healthcare, how to run a clinic, hire and recruit physicians and staff and educate the community why our clinic was better than the other ones that were in the community. And I worked basically from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. for two years. And it all came to a crashing halt in May of 2009 where over a period of 369 days from May 2009 to May 2010, the following happened to me. I had a heart attack at age 40 that should have killed me. 17 weeks later, I lost my job during the Great Recession. Several months later, my car was repossessed. And then finally, in May 2010, my home was foreclosed. All of those things happened in a year. And all those things happened because I was burned out. My burnout, led to me not taking care of myself physically or mentally. I was making mistakes at work. And then of course, when you lose your job and it's during a a recession, there's not a lot of jobs to be found. I was in Windsor, across the border from Detroit, Michigan. We all remember the auto sector had to be bailed out by the US and Canadian governments. Uh, Otherwise, a couple of the automakers probably wouldn't be here today. So no jobs to be found, which required me to relocate. And of course, when you're unemployed, You're not making a lot of money and you're taking heart medication now that costs me over a thousand dollars a month with no drug coverage, insurance coverage. Uh, Needless to say, you have to make choices on how you pay your bills. And that's, you know, why the car was repossessed and the home was foreclosed is because we were unable to make a car payment and unable to make mortgage payments. And we'd worked with our creditors and anybody that ever goes through anything like this, I always implore you, call them before they call you they'll work with you. Don't wait for the creditors to start calling you. You call them first and let them know what's going on. They're more than happy to work with you because they would like to get some money instead of no money. But, you know, having gone through all those things in surviving, you know, it, it became to the point where, okay, I need to make some significant changes in my life. And before I go any further, of people that I deal with in organizations, you do not need to reinvent your life if you're burned out. I don't want you to think, oh, I'm going to have to change everything. There's habits, there's behaviors, there's thoughts, there's beliefs that get you into a burned out state. Those are the things you have to look at. But in my situation, I had to do a complete reinvention because obviously the way I was living was not the best way. Fast forward a couple of years after rebuilding myself and getting back into healthcare. Uh, my parents wanted to have me committed because like, why are you going back into the field that nearly killed you? Because I knew that I could do it better. And I did. And I was in that field for several years until I left in 2018 to go full time into this work. But as I was working into it, I started looking around and seeing a ton of my colleagues and a lot of people in the healthcare sector were going down the same road that I did. They were burning out and it scared me. So I started doing a lot more research about it, started writing about it, started speaking about it at conferences around the globe, writing about it, publishing books and all of that. And it's taken a life of its own. And of course, this pandemic, unfortunately, has made burnout worse. I was hoping for the opposite. I was hoping people would relax and, and be able to take life at a little bit slower pace. And some have, but I think a lot of people, unfortunately, haven't, And they've, you know, stats have shown that, you know, people are working anywhere from 20 to 30% more hours since the pandemic,
0: which people were working way too many hours before. So that's how I got here. Yeah, yeah well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I, I appreciate your vulnerability and, and sharing that with the listeners. And I think we can all relate. I think we've all been there to one, to, to a certain extent, what, whether we've ever gotten to that uh, level of, of those types of outcomes, I think we've all felt the, the burnout and the challenges associated with it. And we've all dealt with the, the stresses of adulting and just, you know, dealing with everything that uh, gets thrown at us uh, as we go throughout our lives. And the reality is work is just one piece of that, right? Um, and so when you allow work to take over and to take over everything else, your relationships suffer. Your personal health suffers, like you you mentioned, um, and, and pretty soon it's just not sustainable. You just can't keep up that level of effort over a long period of time, and things start to get missed. Things start to fall through the cracks, and that ends up being, of course, bad for you. It ends up being bad mm-hmm. for the organization, and that's why leaders need to be thinking, okay, first of all, how do I practice self-care? How do I make sure that I take care of myself so that I don't burn out, so that I can be there for my people? Uh, and I can model for them healthy behaviors and I can help them to not burn out. Uh, but then also, you know, that's that's how we're gonna help the organization succeed in a sustainable way is by focusing on the mental, physical health, the uh the meaning, fulfillment, passion, the energy within our people to accomplish things for the organization. And we don't do that in a sustainable way just by being, you know, making our, our people into workhorses that just do more and more and more and more consistently. Um you know, in the short term, we might be able to get some good outcomes. In the long term, it's going we're it's gonna crash and burn. Yeah,
1: I agreed. And you know, we've seen even during this pandemic, you know, the insurance claims. Uh, have gone up quite a bit you know I work with a lot of people in the insurance industry and they said that there was a noticeable uptick in mental health claims and people going out on medical leave or mental health leave uh, during the pandemic because the the work was overwhelming and and the stress and everything else that's factored you know a lot of people like to point the finger at the job but of course it is one component of it but Everything that's been thrown at us you know, since this pandemic started you know, has really impacted a yes. lot of different people, and 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 I love what you said regarding leadership setting the tone. Employees emulate their leaders, so if their leaders are sending emails on a Friday or Saturday night at eleven o'clock at night, they're thinking, "Okay, I need to respond to this at that time." And I talk to leaders, and they say, "No, I don't expect them to respond. It's it's eleven o'clock at night. It's just a." It came to mind, and I want to you know, send it before I forgot. I said, but you're setting the tone within your organization that they need to respond to you at 11 o'clock at night. And if that's not your normal office hours, don't send it. You know, save it in drafts or send it to yourself, and then Monday morning, go through and forward it to everybody. But people yep. emulate their leaders. So if your leaders are working these long hours, then the managers think, well, I better keep up with them because they're going to need me. So they do it, and then their employees. And all of a sudden, you have an entire organization that's completely overwhelmed, which is really scary. Because real quick, World Health Organization recently released some stats from a 2016 study that said globally, over 700,000 people are dying each year globally from either heart disease or stroke if they're working more than 55 hours a week. Now that's five years old data. So fast forward to now, based on what we've experienced over the last few years, I anticipate that that number is creeping a lot closer to a million people globally a year are dying of heart disease or stroke because they're working more than 55 hours a week. So people listening right now, you gotta ask yourself, are you working more than 55 hours a week? If you are, that's not something you want to flirt with. Um, I, I should, quite frankly, my cardiologist told me before he put the stents in my artery that I should be dead. Uh, that heart attack should have killed me. And, and then I joked with him, I see he skipped bedside manner class in medical school and we all laughed and then he did this procedure and everything was good. But I, I, I recognize that. I know that that should have happened, but it didn't. And I'm thankful for that. So now I make sure that I warn people you don't want to do that. Uh, you don't want to have to take medications. You don't want to have to do all the things you end up getting to do after you know, having a cardiac event. It's it's not fun. I'm very fortunate you know, and that I'm still here and have made the necessary adjustments in my life, so I don't have to worry about taking medications or anything like that. But for a lot of people, that's not the case. They could be paralyzed if they have a stroke. They may not have full mobility, which impacts your income abilities, which it's just a horrible, horrible thing, and it can be prevented you know, by making sure that you live a life that is free from burnout.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Well, so let's dig in a little bit more. We've already started to touch on some of these things, but let's get a little bit more um, deliberate and explicit about it. Um, What are some of those things that cause leaders to burn out? And what are some of those common signs of burnout? Uh, because we all feel the pressure to work and to work more and to be efficient, be productive. And there's only so much time in the day, um, but you you have this pile of work and that never seems to go away. So you're just trying to get things done so you don't fall further and further behind. Like what, what can we do about it? What are the signs? And- and work. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life.
1: We'll, we'll start off with the science. One, if you're feeling fatigued, if you're not clear headed and that's a big problem because if you're not clear headed that means you lack clarity and if you don't have clarity you're not going to see opportunities or things that can potentially create problems or create solutions to challenges you're facing. So that's a big thing. If you notice that you're not sleeping well and you haven't slept well in quite some time, that of course impacts your ability to think clearly. Uh, it's you're gonna see all these things are kind of connected. Um, if you if you find your your health habits are changing, either you're having massive weight gain or massive weight loss. It can go either way. Uh, if you're noticing, you know, some physiological, physio- physiological changes to your body that aren't normal. Again, lack of sleep, you know, you, the problem with sleep is when we get good sleep, our body repairs the damage that we do to ourselves on a daily basis. If we don't get sleep, that damage doesn't get repaired. So then today's damage gets piled on to tomorrow, the next day, the next day. And then you too can have clogged arteries. They're fun. Uh, that's, you know, uh, another sign that, that was definitely common to me, um, if you find yourself either more forgetful or a lot more irritated by minute things, that's a big issue and a big warning sign uh, to look out for. If you've, these little things start really getting at you, that's when you know you might be under some extreme stress and fatigue. And prolonged stress is what turns into burnout. Uh, without prolonged yeah, and stress, that, I you mean, don't-
0: that's, that sounds like a manifestation of anxiety and stress, right? Um, just little things keep getting to you, and so when you don't have enough rest, if when you don't have enough opportunity to to kind of rest your mind and reset and get the physical, uh, the sleep and other physical um, rejuvenation that you need, then stuff just starts to pile up, and you just really that stress and that anxiety builds and builds and builds. Yeah, and you and you're trying to work
1: longer and work more hours to try to tackle it, and we all know that in an 8-hour day the average hours of productivity is maybe half of that so working 16-hour days is not going to give you 16 hours of productivity you're you're like you won't even get 8 because the longer you work the less return on investment you're getting so working those long hours are actually causing more damage than than benefit so some things that i help organizations and individuals do to kind of get ahead of the burnout and reduce their stress is one and we talked about it before Focus on your sleep. Make sure that you get good, consistent sleep night after night. And that means instead of maybe investing all that money in that brand new television that came out, maybe invest some of that money in the best mattress that you can afford. Just think about it. Where do we spend the most consecutive hours of our day in one spot? It'd be our bed Um, or maybe your couch if you're working from home. I mean, a lot of people have spent a ton of time on the couch, but your bed is typically where you spend most time. And if you want to get good restful sleep, you want to have a mattress that's really good for you. Uh, don't go cheap on that. And same thing with pillows and bedding. Yes, I know that $2 pillow sounds great, but you know maybe spend a little bit more money and you might get a better night's sleep, which has a ripple effect on how you feel and how your body breaks down foods and all of that. The second thing I tell people to do is work with a healthcare provider to figure out what your food intolerances are because everybody has food intolerances and our gut bacteria works, tends to work at night. You know, that's where you you hear about acid reflux at night and all that stuff, because our gut bacteria is working. And if you're eating foods that you have an intolerance to, your body has to work harder because it doesn't know what to do with it. It's like, this is not what my body is expecting. So it, it fights with it a little bit, which of course creates a lot of extra problems. So if you're understanding what you have an intolerance to and you can reduce or eliminate that from your diet, then that means the foods you're eating is going to be better for you, which means your body doesn't have to use all the energy to break down that food because it can use it for other things. Uh, Doing things in life you enjoy doing. I, I see this time and time again, when people are burned out, they quit doing things that they like doing, whether it's going out to the pub or out to coffee with their friends or golfing or hiking or, Going to sporting events, concerts, all these things. You know, when I was burned out, I had opportunities to do all that stuff and I stopped doing all of them because I said, Well, I got to work too much. If you don't, if you're just working all the time, you're not resting, you're not relaxing, you're not being in the moment, and it just it takes stress and it piles it onto more stress. And that's what tends to happen. They're simple. These things, you know, like, okay, do more things in life you like doing, schedule them. Don't just say, oh, I'll do this. No, schedule literally. You schedule meetings with your employees and with your uh, employer and whoever else. Schedule those things. Um, That's what self-care is. Everybody thinks self-care, okay, you're talking about yoga and meditation, moments of zen, great. Yeah, if you can do all that, awesome. Most people don't. But going golfing or going to do things you enjoy doing, even if it's watching Netflix for a couple hours, schedule them. Because what gets scheduled gets done. And if you schedule things in life that are good for you, that you enjoy, that bring you joy and fulfillment, it's going to reduce your stress. And you can't burn out if you don't have the prolonged stress. So if you're reducing your stress, guess what? You can avoid burnout. Again, fairly easy to implement, but like any habit, it's going to take some time. And and whatever you do, don't try to do all of them at once. Pick something you know that you can do, even if it's 10 minutes and it's like, okay, I'm going to have a 10 minute phone conversation with a friend of mine, or I'm going to go grab a quick cup of coffee and just sit there and drink and not play on my iBinky. That's my nickname for my phone. Just put the phone away for 10 minutes. That's all I'm asking. I'm not saying don't use it all day. Just 10 minutes. Just sit there drinking your coffee or tea. Just observe what's around you. Uh, it'll lower you know, your stress levels a bit and when you do that, that helps get the momentum going of you being able to manage your stress better, which again, without stress, you can't burn out.
0: Yeah, uh, great, great tips. I think, like you said, simple things, but we need to be reminded of it again and again and again. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit, you talk about 369 days of worst case scenarios. Uh, Can you tell us about that? And how does that connect back to burnout?
1: Yeah, that was my, my year of worst case scenarios where I had the heart attack and the job loss and, and uh, the, the car reposition and the home foreclosure. I wrote a book about it to chronicle that and then which led into the burnout because all those things, you know, I stopped eating well. I stopped being active. I stopped doing things that I enjoy doing, the things I just talked about. Um, I, you know, I was always on, connected, always on my phone or always on the computer disconnecting from some of those things, just being in the moment and doing those things in life that I enjoyed and started scheduling them has prevented me from ever approaching burnout again. I know what the signs are. Believe me, I know them. So when I look at my schedule, I know when there's going to be busier days than others. And I make sure that, okay, if I'm going to have a busy day or a busy couple of days that I build in some self-care time or me time or fun time, whatever you want to take a break from those things, and I do it. And another thing that I do is I color code my calendar. So all those self-care times, I use my favorite color, which happens to be blue. The reason why you pick your favorite color is because your brain and your eyes are conditioned to recognize that color first. So when you look at your calendar, if you don't see enough of your favorite color, that means you don't have enough of your self-care time scheduled. Or you can look at last week or maybe next week. If you don't see enough of your favorite color, you have an opportunity to make adjustments so that way you can get it a little bit more harmonious. Each week's going to be different, you know? So there may be periods of time like this week for me It happens to be a little bit heavier scheduled than normal because I'm taking some time off during the summer. So it's like, okay, let's, I know I'm going to need to do these things. I recognize that I keep things in check. I am making sure I'm taking care of myself and eating the right foods for me and getting the right activity level. So I don't, you know, I'm not overwhelmed by the end of the day. Um, and again, even if you work for somebody, you still have flexibility in what you do. So, figure that out, figure out where your energy levels are and all of that. And when you do that, it'll make such a
0: big difference in helping you reduce your stress. Yeah. I love it. These are all great tips, great reminders for all of us. And you may, you know, listeners may think they're the exception. Um, You know, maybe you've gotten to where you're at in your career because you're, you have a strong work ethic and you're, you, you know, you, you get your four to five hours of sleep a night and then you just work long hours Uh, and it's worked to you up to this point, eventually it catches up to you. Um, Now, there are rare individuals who literally only need four to five hours of sleep a night, but that's super rare. Most people actually really, truly need their seven to eight hours of sleep um, if they're going to maintain health. And when you don't get it, it it does catch up to you. And so, you know, if you think you're the exception, I I would suggest that you take a step back and reassess and and really consider that um, because you could be toying with, you know, your, your long-term health, uh, which means, you know, your, your career and your, your family relationships and everything else about your life that you're working for now. Um, A lot of times we feel like we're working and sacrificing now for a better life later. Um, It doesn't have to be an either or though. We, We can live a really wonderful life right now and a wonderful life later, and have a good career uh, if we can take care of ourselves. Well, Mike, it has been a real pleasure talking with you. I I recognize we're getting uh, low on time, but before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, your book, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Yeah, best
1: way to find me is breakfastleadership.com. My new book, Burnout Proof, and also the 369 Days book are both available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. uh, So you can order them online or have them shipped to store if you want to order them from Barnes and Noble. Uh, I work with organizations, uh, sometimes with individuals, depending on timing and all of that. Uh, I've worked with C-suite executives over the years on helping them prevent their own burnout. But I Lately, I've been working with a lot of organizations on you know, burnout-proofing their teams and, and working through and opening those uh, conversation streams to kind of you know, get awareness of uh, the challenges that are within the organization so together they can work together on those things. And uh, it makes for happier and healthier organizations, which as a society, we reap the benefits from that. So th- the key takeaway, I think, for today is... Make sure you're taking care of yourself. Do those things in life you enjoy doing and carve out the time. Work will have no problem filling up your calendar. You already know that. So you need to fight back and and schedule that time that's good for you. Because when you're happier and healthier, you're going to be more proficient at what you do, more productive. You won't be as stressed and you'll be a better employee, better leader, better organization.
0: and, And that benefits us all. Well said, well said. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it, sharing your, your your expertise with my listeners. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Mike can do for you, what his organization can do for you, check out his book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.